Hello world, welcome back to my one-person podcast, The Bible Abridged. Today's episode is brought to you by BigBadHangover.com. It's hangover cure, mother's little helper, really fucking works. I took three on New Year's Eve, right before bed, after some serious drinking, and got up at 10 a.m. to go grocery shopping. And you know it works because they don't pay me money, they just give me a product. So, what would be the point of endorsing them if I don't like the product? Anyways, on to the podcast. Numbers 23. If you remember from last episode, Balaam wasn't saying his own words at this point. Only God, or the angel, it's not clear, was talking through him. Balaam commanded his king, because he had to kind of sway apparently, build seven altars and go get me seven bulls and seven rams. You know, just go quickly round up seven fucking bulls. When they had all 14 animals, Balaam and Balak, the king, tied one of each to each altar and... Balaam just went and wandered off to a barren height, which is the point in the mountain where stuff stops growing. I don't know why Balaam was able to climb a mountain in the middle of the fucking night or needed a donkey to get across town. But nobody cares what I think, except hopefully you, dear listener. Anyways, once Balaam climbed this mountain, God told him, go back to Balak and say this. God apparently wouldn't tell him what he was going to fucking say and just decided he would talk through Balaam like he'd already been doing before. And then Balaam climbed down the mountain and went and rejoined Balak, who was waiting patiently by all his Moabite officials next to their seven altars, seven bulls, and seven rams, and seven wives, and seven cats, and whatever. When Balaam returned, he opened his mouth, and this came out. Balak took me from Aram and tried to make me denounce Israel, but I can't. I can only curse people that my God wants me to curse, and these people aren't them. Who can count the dust of Jacob, or even count a fourth of Israel? Who are the same guy. Side note, it's a weird thing to say when, again, the whole point of this book was the counting of the people of Israel. Either way, he continued, Let me die the righteous death. Let my end be like theirs. Well, this pissed Balak off, and he accused Balaam of putting blessings on them instead of curses, which I don't recall any blessings being said, but whatever. Balaam used the classic, That wasn't me, it was God, defense. And Balak decided that maybe a change of scenery would help. So they went over to a place where you can see the very outskirts of the million-plus people making camp right outside the kingdom and built more altars and killed more animals. And Balak said, Okay, now lay down some sweet curses on those whoring dumb Israelites. Balaam again disappointed him by saying, Listen to me, Balak. God doesn't lie or change his mind. Except when he does, which is all the time. No misfortune is seen in Israel, nor is there any misery. And that was a fucking lie. God brought them out of Egypt and gave them the strength of oxen, and now they act like a lion, and they won't rest until they slaughter their enemies and drink the blood of their victims. It's a slightly paraphrase, but the lion and drinking the blood of the victims part is absolutely in there. Balak got very upset, and Balaam said, Was it me? God said it. And Balak brought Balaam to the peak of the mountain so he could see the vast Israelite camp. More altars got built, more animals got killed, and... Numbers 24. Balaam said, How beautiful are the tents of Jacob, which is synonymous with Israel. Your houses are so great, Israel. You'll all be very successful and spread out like the gardens beside a river, or aloes planted by God himself, or like cedars beside water, or like a fire in a pile of leaves. Or like nervous sweat at a middle school dance when the heat is turned up onto high. Or some other metaphor. 
They'll devour hostile nations and break all their fucking bones. They're like a fucking lion, as strong as an ox. You said that already, said Balak. Then Balaam continued, Whoever blesses the nation of Israel will be blessed, and whoever curses them will be cursed. Well, Balak screamed at Balaam for not forcing his pro-Israelite god to curse the Israelites and told him he wasn't going to pay him. And Balaam just kept rambling away. A star will come out of Jacob and crush the foreheads of Moab and the skulls of Sheph, and he'll conquer Edom and Sire, and a ruler will come and murder all the survivors. Amalek was the first nation they slaughtered brutally, but they won't be the last. Oh no, they'll just keep on killing and killing. Everyone will die, even you Kenites. And ships will come to Cyprus and also fucking die. Fuck everyone, you're all gonna die. Then Balaam decided to go home, and Balak wandered off his own way. That's not a paraphrase, that's literally what it says. Numbers 25. Well, now we get back to the Israelites who were apparently just hanging out in a town called Shittim, <laughs> which is funny. Some of the Israelite men were fucking Moabite women and sacrificing stuff to their cool Berlinian gods. So God was fucking pissed. He told Moses to take them all and murder them in broad daylight. Moses made the judges do it. Then an Israelite man decided to have the audacity to bring home a non-Israelite woman. This was such a big deal that one of Aaron's grandchildren, named Phinehas, just went over and drove a fucking spear through both of them while they were fucking. God, in his usual jealous rage, started a plague that killed 24,000 more people, but calmed down when he saw Phinehas kill that couple mid-coitus. Then he told Moses that Phinehas' bloodline was blessed for the cold-blooded murderer of that Israelite and his Midianite sex partner, who was actually the daughter of a high-up tribal chief of the Midianites. Then God told them, Because this guy fucked a Midianite, they're our enemies now. Numbers 26. Now you'd think with a cliffhanger like that, Numbers 26 would be exciting stuff involving war, revenge, drama, but you'd be wrong. Numbers 26 is them decided to take a new census, and I'll spare you the details of that. Numbers 27. They came up with some new laws involving inheritances. Now women could inherit stuff, but only if she had no living brothers. Then God, or more likely Moses, decided to hand the reins over to Joshua. You might remember him from the golden calf story. He killed a lot of people for having fun while Moses was on the mountain. So this was the guy who was going to take over now when Moses dies. Numbers 28 and 29 just reiterate sacrifices, Passover, different festivals, which you've been over too many times already. Numbers 30, uh, Moses laid down the rules for fathers and daughters and their vows. So apparently, you're supposed to follow through when you make a pledge or a vow or whatever, but the exception here is that if you're a girl and you make a vow and your father doesn't like that vow, you're not obligated to follow through with it. It also works if you're a wife and your husband doesn't want you to follow through with it. Exciting stuff. Numbers 31, and we finally get back to the goddamn Midianites. So God told Moses, go get revenge on the Midianites for that thing earlier. If you remember the story from two or three minutes ago, you might be thinking the Midianites did nothing wrong and that one of their chief's daughters was murdered in cold blood during some hot interracial fucking. So they should be the ones getting revenge. But God was feeling a little insecure and had to take it out on someone. Moses threw together an army of 12,000 people, along with the priest Phinehas, and they swept through and slaughtered every Midianite man. They killed all the kings of the area and even killed our good friend Balaam from earlier. They took all the women and children to be slaves and burned every building that had ever housed a Midianite, after, of course, taking all their stuff. When they returned, 
Moses freaked out at all the commanders of the army. You want to guess why he freaked out? He said, why didn't you kill the women and the boys? Are you fucking stupid? Kill every woman who's ever had sex. Kill every boy. Only keep young virgin girls alive to be your sex slaves. And of course, once you finish killing them, go outside camp and purify yourselves. Then the book goes into the spoils they got from the war, and there was a fucking lot. They sacrificed a small amount to God, killing 675 sheep, 72 cattle, 61 donkeys, and of course, 32 people. God wasn't above human sacrifice at this point, and he never changes his mind, I hear, so why would we ever stop this practice? Numbers 32. There was a lot of discussion about which side of the Jordan River they should be on and what lands were best for livestock. Moses got really passionate about them crossing the Jordan River and basically told everyone that wanted to stay on this side that they should fucking die. Numbers 33. And now there's a big recap of the journey and all the places they camped along the way, ending with instructions to cross the Jordan and slaughter every single person on the other side. Because if they don't, these people will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will give you trouble. And then, of course... I will do to you what I plan to do to them, which is murder, if you don't read me. Numbers 34 is the boundaries of their new nations. Numbers 35 is more boundaries, and with the addition that there should be some extra towns people can flee to for refuge. Uh, what necessitates refuge, you ask? Well, the example here is if they've killed someone. If they have, they have to stay inside the city. The people seeking revenge aren't allowed to get revenge Unless the person leaves the refuge city, then they're fair game. And Numbers 36 ends with not a bang, but a whimper. Moses decided that if a young lady has an inheritance and marries outside her tribe, the inheritance will not transfer. Each tribe keeps their own inheritance. And the two ladies whose situation brought this question up decided to go and marry their cousins. And that is it for Numbers. I'll be back with Deuteronomy. Until then, order yourself some hangover cure from BigBadHangover.com. And thank you for listening.